You open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Disney was opening a new theme park in Japan. And uh, they put in all the hours and all the time, bought all the property, got everything set up. And it came down to uh, around opening day. And as opening day approached, they brought their cleaning teams in the, night bef- the day before. And uh, they wanted to do as Disney does. They want everything with just absolute, very high excellence. And so they wanted all the, everything in perfect condition. And so they really charged up their cleaning crews and, and said, hey, we want to make sure we, we cover, you know, every nook, every cranny. We want everything spick and span clean. And so the crews went to work. About 3 in the morning, the, the, as the, the, the park director was sleeping, he gets a desperate call. Uh, from the park, and he answers it, and he says, uh, what's wrong? And they said, uh, they cleaned the haunted house. And he, he thought, well, they were supposed to clean the haunted house. What's the big deal? They said, no, no, you don't understand. They cleaned all the cobwebs, <laughs> all the dust, all the dirt that had been artistically placed, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of artistically planted and placed cobwebs and dust and handprints, they now had the spick and span house (laughs) a few hours before opening day. You know, here's one of the things I want you to capture today. Your knowledge is only as good as its source. If the source doesn't explain, don't clean the cobwebs in the haunted house, what are you going to do? You're going to work and work and work at something that you're not supposed to be doing. Your knowledge is only as good as your source. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing and righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And let the one who understands obtain guidance. Father, again, we thank you for your word. And we pray you'd help us to capture the truths of your word, the instruction of your word, and apply it to our lives. That we may live wisely in a foolish world. And your glory may shine through our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we have some responsibility for a lot of the outcome of our lives. And Proverbs is a book that God has given us to teach us wisdom, how to have common sense and how to make good decisions and how to bring about good ends to our life. So a few weeks ago when we started this series, uh, Glennis uh, challenged us to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. We've been trying to remind you of that. Just a, a chapter that coincides with the date of the month. And just to do that and to, and to begin to read and begin to look and say, God, what would you teach me and how would you have these things apply to our life? We also have uh, on our Facebook, the Calvary Temple Facebook uh, site, there are, our staff, is, pastoral staff has written some devotional things that will help you and will kind of help different things stand out. As you read through those, we encourage you to do that and even to write comments on what God's saying to you uh, through them or, or lessons that you've learned. Uh, the, week, the next week, I challenge you to think about places in your life, major places in your life, that you wish were doing better, the important areas of your life, 
that you wish were doing better. With the understanding, you may have one place doing really well and another place it's not doing so well. We, we talked about relationships, and inside of relationships, it may be friendships. It may be your marriage. It may be uh, uh, your children. And, and to think about that area of your life, do you want, is it going really well or would you like to see it going better? Our health, our finances. Would you like to see your finances doing better than what they are? Your career, your spiritual life. And we ask you to kind of look at those and begin to think about those and, and to think about applying wisdom to them. Wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. And so we've wanted to grow in knowledge and understand the tactics, godly tactics for wisdom. And so the first one was this, get advisors in your life. What I found is many of us, we, we don't do the tactics, the plan of God to have wisdom in our life, and therefore we end up making foolish decisions. So one of the things in these big areas of our life, make sure you have good, wise counsel in your life, that you, you have people who can speak to you and that you're seeking out counsel. The second part was get busy, really work at it. Don't just assume things are going to get better. Don't just wait for things to get better. Begin to, to take the advice that you get and apply it and work at it and begin to change some things, change some bad actions and start doing some good things. And last week we talked about getting connected. Really the emphasis was analyzing who really influences your life and, and get connected with people that you want to have influence in your life. And that doesn't mean we throw everybody else out. It means that we, we kind of have a standard of they're not going to influence my thinking. Even though I love them and want to be around, they're not going to be influences in my life. And get connected with people that, that you want to have influence. Today we want to examine step four. And step four is this, get knowledge. Get knowledge. Proverbs 18.15 says, An intelligent heart acquires, gathers, obtains knowledge. But the, and the ear of the wise seeks, looks for, goes after, pursues knowledge. So if things are going bad in an important area of your life, then certainly you want to apply all of the tactics that we've mentioned. You want to you want to get advisors in your life. You want to make sure that you're working hard at it. You want to make sure that, 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 you're, that you're, you're only being influenced by people and, and those who have good influence in your life. And you want to grow in, the, in knowledge of that area and you want to advance your, your knowledge in that area and get better at it so that you can apply wisdom uh, in your life. Now, that's true in the areas that are bad, but it's also true in the areas that are going fantastic that are really going well. I mean, think about it. Maybe, maybe your relationships are just, you've got the best relationships on the earth. Maybe, maybe your, your money is skyrocketing in income, and maybe your career is really doing fantastic, and your spiritual life is, is, is great. But let me ask you, how much better would it be, how, how, how much, even if it's going good, how much better would it be if the good things got 10% better? If your relationships got even better, if your, if your career course got even stronger, how much better would things be? Wisdom is built on knowledge. Wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. The more knowledge 
that I gather. The more I seek to know, the more I learn. And God has given us this ability to learn, to grow, to get better at things. The more I know, the better off I am, the more that that wisdom can flow through my life. But remember, your knowledge is only as good as your source. So let's say your career is at a high watermark today. How do you keep it there? How how does it get better than even what it is now? You want to grow in knowledge in that area of your life. This is a biblical call to be a lifelong learner in in these areas of life that are important, to not sit back and just rest where we are, but to realize that we want to be getting better at them. When we think we've arrived, we stop. But when we know there is more, we keep going. And the challenge of wisdom and the challenge of the Word is that we keep seeking knowledge. Aren't you glad today that back in the 1950s that a group of doctors didn't get together in some big convention and come out of there with a statement, something like this, we think we've obtained all the knowledge we need to know to care for the human condition. We don't think we need to spend any more money on research. We don't think our equipment needs to get any better. We don't think we need to learn any new ways to approach the sicknesses and the illnesses that attack man. We think we know as much as we need to know. Aren't you glad that didn't happen? Aren't you glad they're getting better at it? They're growing in knowledge. Aren't you glad that back in the 1800s nobody sat around and said, you know what, homes and houses are as nice as they ever need to be. We don't need to add anything else to our houses. Our houses are perfect the way that they are. Anybody else that tries to add anything else to a, to a home is just some sort of heretic, and we need to tell them to shut up and sit down. We know as much about housing as we need to know. Aren't you glad nobody did? Aren't you glad there's air conditioners today? Aren't you glad you can flip a light switch on and a light goes on? Aren't you glad that there's been progress in our homes that we live in? I'm glad we've grown in knowledge, aren't you? I'm glad that we have learned things and that we've gotten better. Yesterday we saw all these beautiful cars out there and restored cars and they're wonderful, wonderful vehicles. And I walked in, you know, they're, they're nice to have. Some of them nice, these old ones, nice to have as a hobby. But I am so glad that when they, when they made that Model T that nobody said, all right, that's it. We're not going to get any better than this. Everybody stop. I'm glad we're better than that, aren't you? I'm glad that our knowledge has increased and we've learned things and we're doing things better, that people took the time and the effort to grow. So let me ask, what do you think would happen if we as Christians sat here today and said, you know what, we're good enough as Christians. This is all the farther I need to go. Will that be good for America? Would that be good for our world? Don't you think we, we should be growing in our ability and our knowledge about how to pray and growing in our ability and knowledge about how to be a ministry to others and growing in our, in our knowledge and our ability to, to share faith with other people? Don't you think that these things are too important to stop growing? We should be working at it, shouldn't we? We should be seeking out knowledge. We should be intently looking at our lives and saying, where do I need to get better at this and grow into the image of Christ more and be able to share my faith better and and my faith to be stronger? Where do I need to grow?
Proverbs 15, 14 says, The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. So in these important areas of your life, how much effort have you put in during the last year to seek knowledge? In your relationships. What have you done in your relationships? What have you done with your, to, to get better at being a mom or a dad? What have you done to get better at being a husband or a wife? What have you done to say, you know what, I want to be a better friend. I want to be a more faithful friend. I want to, I want to learn something about friendships. What have you done to say, okay, I want to bring more self-control into my life. I want to learn how to live a more self-controlled life than I've ever lived before. What have you done to grow in your health, your emotional health, and your spiritual health, and your physical health? What have you done in the last year? What have you done in your career in the last year? Say, I want to, you know, I, God's put me here, and I want to I advance as far as I can for the glory of his kingdom and be a blessing to others. What have you done to get better? What have you done in these major areas of your life and your finances to say, I want to grow this year. I want to get better. We may all want to do better. The question that we asked a couple of weeks ago is, are we willing to work at it? Are we willing to put the effort in? Listen to this scripture in Proverbs 19.2. Desire without knowledge is not good. Let me repeat that. Desire without knowledge is not good. Whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. When a man's folly brings him to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Listen to the, to, the, to the progression here. This man has a desire. It may be a good desire. The desire may be a, a wonderful thing that he's desiring. He has a desire for something. He wants his kids to do the right thing, or he wants his marriage to be good, or he wants his career to go well. He, he, he has the right desire. He just doesn't know how to do it. But in his desire, he even, he even takes his desire and he acts upon it. He begins to do something. He's not just sitting back with this. This guy's just wishful thinking. He's saying, I am going to do something about this. And he begins to act upon it. He begins to do things. His desire leads to quick action. But he's got a problem. His lack of knowledge, though his intention was good, though his intention was for something that would be make his life better, make others better, even though his intention was good, his lack of knowledge leads to ruin. Boy, have you seen that in young couples getting married? Boy, their desire is good. What they want is good. They want to live happily ever after and have the marriage that everybody, uh, everybody envies and they want to raise wonderful kids, but their lack of knowledge leads to Ruin. Somebody starts a new business. He, his desire is good. He wants to start a business. He, he wants to serve people and do something well, but his lack of knowledge leads to ruin. He's taken off. Desire without knowledge is bad. And then what happens? He blames God. God, my desire was good. God, what we wanted to do was good. God, what I wanted to accomplish was, was really good. And God, I worked at it. I put effort in. And God, you didn't come through for me. 
You didn't come through for me, God. You, you didn't rescue me in the middle. You didn't make everything right in the middle. God, where were you in the middle of this? My desire was good and my actions were diligent. But see, he hadn't applied knowledge. He hadn't gathered advisors around him and listened. He hadn't grown and studied the issue and really learned about it and prepared himself for it. He just dove in head first. And the folly of the way he lived his life and his lack of knowledge brought him to ruin. And he's mad at God when he should be upset at himself because God's given us away. Proverbs 13, 16 says, every prudent man acts out of emotion. Is that what it says? No, every prudent man acts out of knowledge, but the fool exposes his folly. So I need to be a lifelong learner, and I need to remember that my knowledge is only as good as my source. All of us, even with good intentions, I would bet this is the case. I would bet all of us have blown it at one time or another, even when our intentions were good. The question is, will we learn the tactics of the wisdom of God? Will I pick this up? Will I sit and say, okay, God's given me this book of wisdom, and I need to look at it, and I need to apply it to my life. Okay, now, before I act, even though my desire is good, before I act, I'm going to get some advisors around me. I'm going I'm to be willing to work on the tough things. I'm going to make sure the people that are influencing me are, are healthy and are right and are, 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 th that they have the outcome in their life that I want to have it. And I'm going I'm to study this issue and know this issue and I'm going to grow in this issue and I'm going to keep growing in this issue because I want to have the plan of God unfold in my life. See, one of the signs of wisdom is the ability to admit ignorance and learn. Now, none of us like to be told that we're ignorant. My wife tells me every now and then, you're ignorant. <laughs> it's usually when I'm joking about something, because, you know, really, I'm brilliant, right? <laughs> now, now she'd say you're being ignorant. Uh, think about it. The most brilliant surgeon in, in all this city, I don't know who that is, but the most brilliant surgeon could be completely ignorant about car mechanics. He may know how to take you and me apart and put us back together. And, and, and he may be completely ignorant about how to put his car back together. And then you take, go to, the, to a mechanic, and a mechanic may be a brilliant mechanic. He may, he may know more about uh, cars and how to fix cars and fix cars up than anybody else around. Doesn't guarantee he's going to be a good chef. He may be totally ignorant about how to be a good chef. And that, that good chef, that good chef may be a fantastic chef, may be able to just blow your mind with the things that they can put on the table and feed you and the taste and how wonderful it is. You may just stand in awe of them and they may be a terrible teacher. Have no clue how to capture a classroom and teach what they know to somebody else. The truth is, all of us have places where we have grown in knowledge and all of us have other places where we don't know as much as somebody else. Now, listen, 
That, that, I can afford, I, you can afford, you can sit here today and say, you know what, I don't care if I ever know how to fix a car. I don't care if I ever know how to, I don't, I don't even want to know how to change a flat. I'm going to call somebody and they're going to come do it for me. And you can spend your whole life that way and it's not a problem at all. You can sit here and say, I am, I do not want to be a chef. I have no desire to cook any food. I have no desire to stay in the kitchen. I have no desire to do any of that. Somebody else is going to cook for me or I'm going to go to a restaurant and get something to eat. I have no desire to be a cook. And that's fine. It's not going to wreck your eternity. It's not going to wreck your family. It's not going to destroy your life. You can get along just fine. But hear me. There are other things in life that you can't afford to be ignorant about. You, you better get smart. You better start gaining knowledge about how to, walk, how to walk in relationships. You may have had a perfect example in the home you grew up in. You may have had a terrible example in the home you grew up in. But either way, you don't want to stay there. You want to get better. You want to get better. You want to grow in knowledge. And so it comes down to this determination that we're going to be Lifelong learners. Proverbs 18:15. Intelligent heart acquires knowledge. And the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Much of your, of your life, whether it will grow worse, whether it'll just kind of trudge along the same way as it is today, or whether it gets better, is determined by how you apply the knowledge you have today and how you seek out knowledge in the areas of your life that matter. A lifelong learner, in the, we need to be a lifelong learner in the areas of life that matter with the understanding that our knowledge is only as good as our source. Trouble, trouble you don't learn from, you're destined to repeat. Now let me get real personal. You have an adult child. You ready to hold on here? Step by, hold on. You have, an, you have an adult child that you haven't spoken to in months, maybe years. You're praying for reconciliation. You, you'd love for that relationship to be restored. You'd love for them to, to, to call you or to come see you or to spend time with you. You'd love for it to be restored. Here's the question. Here's the tough question. Are you ready? Maybe the reason God hasn't restored it yet because you're not ready yet. Say, oh, I'm ready, Pastor, I'm ready. No, no, no. What have you learned? How have you grown? Uh, what would you do differently? How would you respond differently? Even if 90% of the problem is theirs, how are you going to respond differently if they walk back in the door today? What have you learned about offering grace and mercy and patience? What have you learned about how to, how to disagree without being disagreeable? What have you learned about carrying on the conversation without it turning into a fight? What have you learned? What are you going to do differently if they came back in the door today? Because, see, if I haven't learned that, maybe I'm not ready yet. So you've been through a marriage and it failed. What have you learned? How have you grown? How are you different? How are you ready for a, a, a healthier, better relationship? You say, well, I know this. I'd never marry him again. 
Well, that may be true. But here's the truth. You married him the first time. And as bad as he may turn out to be, you walked down the aisle with him the first time. You made a pledge with him the first time. As ter- terrible as, uh, as his actions were and all the things that he did that were bad, at some point in time, you made a decision. So what have you learned? How have you grown? What have you discovered about life that you can sit back? See, it's, it's real easy when we get in these trouble areas of life to say, it was the economy. It's really easy to sit and say, it, it was him. It's real easy to say, it was that friend that my child met. It's real easy to blame it on other things and never to stop and say, wait a second. Wait a second. How do I need to grow? Where do I need to get new knowledge? How am I going to be different? How am I going to be changed? See, it's true. Person may say, you started a business back a few years ago when the economy was crashing. Wow. What you may need to learn in that is humility, that some things are out of your control. I mean, that was, it was bad stuff. But you need to learn something. I need to learn something in this process, in these failures. Because see, any trouble that I don't learn from is wasted trouble. But when I learn from it and when I grow, now I've grown and I'm better. And we haven't learned anything until we can identify this. What would I do differently? Not what would they do differently. What would I do differently? I would spend more time studying this. I would spend more time getting counselors in this. I would listen to what my dad said the next time. I would do this the next. This is what I would do differently as I walk through this. Because I need, to, I need to surround myself with actions of wisdom. I'm not just talking about areas that are a mess, but even the areas that are good. Being a lifelong learner is for our benefit and is a call of wisdom. If we're wise, we grow. You know, one of the great examples, I think, of this in our day, in our age, is Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey uh, uh, is a national example of a man who has very publicly admitted his failure. Financial failure. Building a business, things going well, economy began to crash, things began to happen. Before he knew it, he lost everything. But he didn't sit down there and just say, oh, it's, it's, the, it's the economy, it's the, the way the city's going. It's all. He sat down there and said, wait a second, I don't ever want to be here again. What do I need to learn from this? What do I need to apply in my life from this so that I am never in this position again. And he changed the course of his life and the process of changing the course of his life, he came to this conclusion. Hey, this would be good for other people to learn. And now people all over this nation have walked through Financial Peace University and they have learned and they're beginning to apply principles in their life and they're beginning to come out of the debt and the problems that they're faced with because they've learned the principles that one man said, I'm going to teach this to others so, because I never want to be here again and I don't want them to be here either. It's an example of a man who said, I faced my failure and instead of blaming the world, I said, what can I do different? What can I do different? That's a step of wisdom, isn't it? What do I do different in the middle of this? How do I learn? 
Listen to what it says in Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man skillful in his work? This is somebody who's learned. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Get good at what you're doing. Get good at these issues of life. Grow in them. Whatever is important to you, keep learning. Listen, let's tell you, if you haven't been through Financial Peace University, the next time we offer it, go through it. The biggest complaint I've had about Financial Peace University is this. Pastor, you should have brought this to us sooner. Are you hearing me? What are they saying? I wish I'd have known this years ago to apply in my life. I wish I'd have learned this. Listen, you're in a marriage. Don't just sit there and say, oh, it's going good. We're fine. You know, we're great. Everything's going to be okay. Keep working at it. We offer a class right now, laughing your way to a better marriage. Take it. Go to it. Guys, ask your wife. Don't make her drag you to it. Look at her and say, let's go take that class. Let's work at this thing. I love you so much. I want this marriage to keep getting better and better. Let's go take this class together. Let's go do it. Let's go learn something. If you're raising kids, take, take classes on parenting. Read books on parenting. Learn. Grow in it. These things are too important for us to sit back and say, that's uh-uh, good enough. It's good enough. You don't know what test is coming tomorrow. You don't know what trial is coming your way. You don't know what thing you're going to. Make sure the foundation's healthy today. Grow in knowledge today. You know, let me tell you, in a few weeks, on October 25th, you want to write this date down. We're going to have groundbreaking on the new property. In the next few weeks, a few things have to happen. We're finalizing things and approval with the city and all that's taking place, but it all looks really good right now. And, and we're, we're doing some fi- getting some financial things finalized and all that's looking, looking good right now. But we're, we're in a process. And, and on, on that Sunday afternoon, we're going to go out to the new property and do a groundbreaking ceremony out there. We'd love for you to come out and be a part. We'll be telling you more about it as we get closer. But, but we've not just been doing that. We've been, we've been working at this thing for a long time. And one of the things that we've been look, working at, several months ago we got together and we began to talk about this move. And we said, you know, we've never made a move like this before. We don't, we don't know what, what's out there that we're, we don't know. And, uh, and we, as, we thought, as we talked about that, we began to talk about, you know, we know how we feel about ourselves. How do other people feel about us? How does our community feel about us? How do, how do people see us when they walk in our doors? How, how do, what, what do we need to learn so that when we go there we can, we can be better? And, uh, and we went and we sought out a group. It's a group called Artistry Labs. You can look them up online if you're so interested. And it's a group that works with churches all across the nations and helps them take a look at what they're doing good and what they need to get better at and what they need to change. And they help them through transitions like this. And as a part of our moving process, we said, hey, we're going to, we, we, we took a look at several groups. And we decided on this one group and we, we hired them to come in and, and talk to us. And... Uh, and they, they, they spent time studying our city. They spent time studying our church. Uh, they spent time talking with us. Uh, they came in and they came to our services. They sat in all three of our services. Uh, they put kids in our children's church. They, they, I mean, they, they, they did an exhaustive thing on our church family. And then we sat down with them for three days. After they spent a couple of days kind of working through all that, a group of them, a whole team of them were here in town. And, uh, and they, they spent about three days with us. 
And we sat in a room with them for three days from around 9 o'clock in the morning to about 7 o'clock at night a couple of those days. Going through thing after thing after thing after thing. And they told us the things. Here's what you're doing good. Here's where your church is good. Here's how, here's how we, we saw things that are good. And then, then, they, then they begin to say, uh, <clears throat> here's some things you need to get better at. And they begin to give us things that we need to get better at. And then they said, here's some things you really need to change. These are some things. And, and they were things that, I mean, I'm sitting there, and for the most part, I wasn't surprised. For the most part, as, as they said, I just went, yeah, that sounds right. Why hadn't we thought of that before? And I was so proud of our team because we had about 10 people there. And, and nobody was defensive. Nobody made excuses. When, they, when their department, their area began to get corrected or things began to get spoken to in their area, their department, nobody was defensive. Nobody was oh, making excuses about it. No, everybody was just saying, I was so proud. They were sitting there going, how do we get better at this? How, how, what do we need to do? Let us learn. Let us grow in this. And, and we, they, they were just, it was, it was it, we even stopped two or three times and I, we just said, okay, how's everybody doing? <laughs> our, our boat's been rocked a little bit here. How's everybody doing? And everybody was just like, we are learning some great things. We're seeing things in some great ways. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to see us implement some of those things. We're going to be uh, you know, tweaking some things uh, in the place that need to be tweaked. And there's going to be some big changes coming. None of them are terrible. None of them are, you know, rock anybody's world, I don't think. Shouldn't. That what they're aimed at is helping us communicate better with our community and serve people that walk in our doors better. Don't we want to do that? So here's my challenge to you. If you're an usher and you're asked to come to an usher's meeting, come. If you're a C2 group leader and you're asked to come to a C2 group leader's meeting, come. If you're a Sunday school teacher and you're asked to come to a Sunday school teacher's meeting, come. Whatever ministry you're in, whatever department you're in, and you're asked to come, come with an open heart. Come with a desire to be a lifelong learner. Come with a desire to say, how can we get better at serving the people of our community so we can introduce them to a Jesus that we love? To a Jesus that we don't want anything to get in the way of them hearing the message of Jesus. We don't want anything to, to hinder them hearing that message. We want everything to be so easy for them to hear the, this life-transforming message. That's just natural for them to hear it. So my challenge to you, in whatever area of ministry in, don't take this attitude. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. I know enough. No, we don't. Until everybody in our city's one to Christ, we don't know enough yet. We need to learn more. We need to grow more. We need to touch more. We need to be ready to touch more people and be used of God more. And so I want to challenge you, come to those things and be a learner. If you're not in the ministry yet, Get signed up. Put, get one of those connection cards and just write ministry on it. And you'll get a call from us. We'll, we'll help you find a ministry that fits for you. But find a place where you can serve, where you can grow, where you can be using the kingdom of God to make a difference in people's lives. Proverbs 18, 15. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks, seeks knowledge. Apply that in the church as well. Apply that in the church. Now, one of the places where we miss this is in our knowledge of God and eternity. 
Remember, your knowledge is only as good as your source. And in America today, when you talk, when I talk to a lot of people, and I begin to hear them describe what they think about God and what they think about righteousness and what they think about what's right and what's wrong, it's not long until I begin to realize that their source is a TV sitcom. Their source is some talking head on CNN. Their, their source of what's right and wrong is some old college professor that they have. Their source of what's right and wrong is what the culture is saying to them today. But listen to me. Your knowledge is only as good as your source. And are you going to let your eternity rest on sitcoms? Are you going to let your eternity rest on talking heads on TV? I'm not going to let mine rest there. There is one source and one source only that I'm going to build my eternity on, and that is the revealed Word of God. I want to challenge you. God has done this marvelous miracle that is supported by its prophetic claims, is supported by the wisdom of what it says, is supported by its stability throughout history to reveal to us who he is and who we are and how we're supposed to grow in him. And if I want to know about my eternity and I want to know about God and who God is and I want to know about what my eternity is going to be like and what others' eternity is going to be like, it's not going to be built on wishful thinking. It's not going to be built on some, somebody that spouted something on TV. It's got to be built on the Word of God. It's got to be built on Scripture. And so I want, I, don't, I want my faith to come from the knowledge of the Word of God. This is why we challenge you to read the Word, to study the Word, to come to classes and go to C2 groups and talk about practical application of the Word, to grow in the Word of God so that your faith will be built on a solid rock so that no matter what storm comes your way, when that storm blows through, you're standing there going, I knew it, God would be with me. I knew it all the time. And here's the most important thing. How do you know you're going to heaven? What are you building that on? Well, I'm a pretty good person. Well, if you look at the word, we discover none of us are good. No, not one. All of our works are as filthy rags. Here's what the word of God says to us. There is one way to heaven and one way only. And that is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. The grace of God offered to us at the cross of Calvary that we put our faith in Jesus to be our Lord and our Savior. And if I build my faith on that knowledge, I've built it on the right source. And that knowledge will stand for eternity. Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us today. And I pray that, Lord, right now all across this place, Father, if there are areas in our life that you would just challenge us today, you need to, you need to start growing in knowledge. Lord, that we would hear that and we would make dedicated effort to it. I pray that men in this room would make a dedicated effort to say, I want my marriage to get better. 
pray we'd make a dedicated effort to get our relationships better, to grow and to learn, and to overcome, Father, and to get better and wiser. So just speak to us as individuals, Lord, today and the days ahead, to grow, to seek knowledge. But Father, right now I pray for this most important piece of knowledge that will, that will last for all eternity. What am I building my faith on for eternity? And Lord, I pray that there's any of us here that need to put our faith in Jesus today. Cross that line of faith and trust in him and receive your grace. That today we would do that very thing. In Jesus' name, as every head bowed and every eye closed. You say, Pastor, today I need to receive Jesus into my life. I need to cross that line of faith and ask him to be the savior of my life. I need to receive that grace in my life. If that's you, you just raise your hand and say right now, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me right now. I want to receive Christ. God bless you. See this hand. I see that hand. Any others today? Raise your hand and say, pray for me. Anyone else across this line of prayer today? In the balcony, anyone there? I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive Jesus as my Lord. I receive Jesus as my Savior. And I ask you to help me to live for him who died for me. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing a chorus here in just a second. And as we sing, this is going to be our kind of our closing song for the day. I want this to be a song that we kind of celebrate who Jesus is because that's who our hope is in. Amen? And, but if you, if you have any need for prayer in your life, any need, physical need, big decision you're making, one of the ways we get wisdom is the Bible says, you know, if any of you lack wisdom, ask it of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I want to encourage you to go over to our prayer room. It's right through these double doors. Pastor Paul and some of our prayer teams will be over there, and they'll be happy to pray with you about any need that you have. But if you raise your hand, there's a couple of you raise your hand today. I want to strongly, strongly encourage you to walk over there and see those folks as well. Let's go over and talk to them for a minute. We just want to encourage you in your faith, encourage you in your walk with God. Make sure it's solid. Make sure you're building the right knowledge of God's Word. Do you love the Lord today? God has a great plan for your life. I don't want to act foolishly. I want to act wisely, don't you? And God's given me a path for wisdom. I want to apply all those tactics in my life so that I'm walking wisely. And I challenge you to do the same, and you'll find the blessing of God. But the joy of the Lord be on your heart today. Let's sing unto Him and rejoice in Him.